It's time for the Motown Rundown, presented by Impact 89 FM, WDBM. This is your home for all things Detroit sports, from the Lions and Tigers to the Pistons and Red Wings. Now here's your host, Ryan Rabinowitz. Welcome in, folks, to episode number 25 of the Motown Rundown. You know the drill. You're home for all things Detroit sports. Per usual, I'm your host, Ryan Rabinowitz, joined alongside Trent Bailey. Ryan Collins coming to you from the Impact 89 FM studios in East Lansing, Michigan. How are you, boys? Good. Fantastic. Good. I'm doing great. Big uh, big win for the Spartans yesterday, for our Spartans. That's Indeed. the first thing I needed to make sure I mentioned in case... Uh, we have any Wolverines listening? I want to make sure that they get to relive the uh, the game last night. Yeah, Collins, was, I, I can only imagine how you were feeling last night, Collins. I, I felt great. I mean, <laughs> I, the only bad part because halftime, me and my buddies are going to get a pizza from Little Caesars. Classic. Hashtag Caesars made. Never forget. I worked, <laughs> I worked there for a semester. That's huge. But, but uh, so my boy Jake there actually, but their power went out and they weren't selling pizza. That's tough. That's a tough look. It I, was awful. I want to bring up too because awful. I know you're a former employee, and I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think you were around when the pretzel crust pizza came out. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, uh, I had a slice of that the other day. That's a that's it. Tough. People are bit. You don't like it. Tough. People are big fans of that. I like the pretzel crust is great. I'm a, I'm a big fun a big fun. I'm a big fan. Big, big fun. I'm a big fan of the pretzel bun. Um, that you, you know, you like a brioche bun guy on a burger. Well, I mean, I, I like don't that. mind the brioche. What's uh, wrong with the? Bri- I feel like, isn't the brioche bun standard or no? Or the sesame no. might be sesame the standard. standard. But the pretzel bun thing is is interesting, <laughs> and I know it's 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 more of a it's a new trend. I feel like is it? It's kind of newer. I don't know. They. Came I mean, ten out years of- ago there was no pretzel bun. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's just like made its way. I feel like it's like something like Wisconsin like dive bar has been doing for years. Potentially, yeah, just probably. Like, yep, with a little. You're probably exactly right about yeah. that. Yeah. Actually, but it's it's the pretzel crust is a good idea, but the fact that the entire pizza is covered in nacho cheese, so it's, it's nauseating. It's the execution for you that's it's, just not well, getting it done. I mean, it's, it's just, just not the pizza. cheese. It's it's not. You're right. I mean, could imagine. You know, there's People certain instances in which you're. It's probably delicious, but I was just. It was. I mean. Whew, yeah, that's tough. So I don't know if you I, have any connections that I can send an email the way to. The, the way to go at Little Caesars, <laughs> though, honestly, is you just hit the hot and ready. If you get any other toppings at Little Caesars, I question your like decision making. That's true. Because then why, you would get it from somewhere else. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, right. Eh, I, I mean, I'm a big Caesars guy. Caesars made, as I always we say. We know. We know. No, but five dollars <laughs> for a pizza. That's like, the best deal it, in America. It, besides ever. the McChicken, I'm also huge in the no, McChicken. No dude. That's the McChicken's like, for a dollar. Exactly. For five dollars, you get eight slices of pizza. Yeah, that's insane. That's pretty good. It's not bad. I hear like, you. Like I that. get ten pieces it's of chicken bad. nuggets for like seven bucks. Like that's, ten chicken nuggets. That's true. That's true. Um, like, come on. Potentially even bigger than the uh, MSU win over the Wolverines yesterday on, that was on sweet. the court. I, I I would love to talk about that for hours, but I wish we unfortunately could. we're the, the Motown run. Wrong podcast. Exactly. Um, the, the Oscars were on last night. Uh, did you watch is the first I, question. I, I hope it. you guys did because I have a lot to say about the Oscars. Okay, I'll say one thing. I watched a Lady Gaga, Bradley, uh, that's exactly what Cooper, I talk Bart, about. and we, my family group texts, we were just talking about how they've definitely hooked up. 
See, that's uh, so. Or they, they, it's not like people are like, oh, they just want to. They already have hooked up. I, that is my take. I, I love, happened too. I love Bradley Cooper. Shout He's probably one of my favorite Kyle. actors. I love Bradley. Bradley Cooper is a great looking guy. And that's, uh, he's, his hair as he played the character Jackson Maine in A Star is Born. Yeah. I'm now growing my hair out to emulate Jackson Maine. I don't know. I want that. So that's the thing. I think I've talked about that before, I, but I am. Not with me, but, um, I don't know what's happened in like the past couple of years, but Bradley Cooper is becoming like obnoxiously like tan. I don't know if he's just like spending his off seasons mm. in like like Cabo, but he he's, probably like, is his off season. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, whatever it is, I mean, what it, what it, off season? He's he's just good looking, man. I, I, I mean, there's I no ifs ands or buts about it. But yeah, I see. I'd They've like to think because he is well, he up. is. Is he married or is that his girlfriend? I don't. Know. I don't even know her name. No one knows her name. I mean, people do, but I don't. And we I don't think have they have a to. kid. That was so awkward. I think they have a kid. Do they? I think they do. I'm, I'm pretty big, sure. I all I know about Bradley Cooper. I mean, he was fantastic in Wedding Crashers, all time. Yes, he was fantastic. And I love a guy who shows up like to Wimbledon. He's got like a Federer hat oh, on. Yeah. He's just loving life. <laughs> just, That's when you know your high it. society. Yeah. yeah. When you're at Wimbledon with a Federer exactly. hat, exactly. Like. That's t- that's the type of guy I want to hang out. With. I would like to give my man the benefit of the doubt, and I don't think there has been any foul play. Um, <laughs> but what I was watching last night was, I mean, pure. First of all, Lady Gaga does not get enough credit for how good looking she is. That's the first thing that needs okay. to be addressed right now. Eh. Well, people rarely see her psycho. underneath all the, you know. So yeah, I could do without like the multicolored hair all the time, but yeah. like in the movie, I, mean, I agree. She's, she's yeah, great. She's beautiful. So that that performance, man. I mean, I was getting hot. Like it was, just, I was getting it was sweaty. Pretty, it, it was pretty rock solid. And I was, I was just like the whole time. I was just like cringing because like this guy's girlfriend or wife is, and he was, she was sitting between him and her, which was yeah, tough. Irina. And they looked like I swear I. Her name's Irina Shayat. I, I Russian okay. supermodel. <laughs> I, I texted. I texted my buddies when we were all watching it together, and obviously in different places. But I was like, dude, when when he went and sat down on that bench when she was by the, they she leaned in for a kiss. It was a lot. She leaned in. You watch the replay. She turns her head and she leans in for one. She just wants it. I. It was because her and her fiance split. Yeah, like a week ago. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I I don't know. They're Bradley Cooper, not married, but he's been dating this chick since 2015. I think. So that's is it. This is it. They have to That's break it. up now. They have to. Oh, they're going to. It's, it's going to happen. The writing's Stay on the wall. Stay woke on that. Why no, don't... We, no, it's going to be like a Friday news dump in like three <laughs> months. It's like, oh, Irina and Bradley are like over. And then like two weeks later, yeah. it's like Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are in like the Swiss Alps. And then like all, is, all is right with the world at that I point. Guess. We'll stay but woke on that. the Oscars suck, dude. Wait, no. Shout out like to my boy whole... Rami Malek for winning Best Actor for Freddie Mercury. Had, you had to that give was it to amazing. Him. You had to give it to him. Let me say Bohemian Rhapsody. Freddie Mercury won that, not Rami Malek. Well, of course, yes. That's, but that's what happened. He did a Anyone great could, job. You could have played Freddie Mercury in that movie, and they would yeah. have given you the Oscar. Bradley Cooper should have won. Whatever. But the Oscars, I, the Oscars, you know, too long, first of all. Way it, too long. And just so many awkward. Yeah. Like, there was a couple times where the guys were trying to give a speech, and then they shut the lights off, and they're moving. It's like, come on. Yeah. I'm not a big... I mean, I feel like this is like every kid thing where you just like watch the like award show with your mom. Yeah. And you're like, dad's like somewhere off in like the distance, <laughs> like doing work or like watching something else. But it's just like you, your mom, and your siblings. And ever since I've moved, I, I, I just haven't been able to keep up with like these awards. I remember you said that at the Grammys. But I, I, yeah. I, I it, yeah. it's just something it, I feel like you just watch it with your mom. And if you're not like <laughs> with like, the, like your family, it's like kind of weird. 
I don't know. Not it's a, interesting. Interesting. Not a, not, a, yeah. not an Oscars guy. Well, and the Oscars it, too is like brutal. I've sure. only I've only ever seen like one movie that's up for the awards. Like in Star Wars, oh, yeah, it's always movie. like artistic stuff. Yeah, like last year, Moonlight won the. I was a big La La Land guy last okay. year, but Moonlight won. You and should like, hang I, like, out with my whole family. I I've gone on for years that that mo- for like two years because it came out two years yeah. ago. <laughs> that it is so overrated. That's that's Jay Z wrote a song about it, by the way. About, La La about Land? that the La La Land Moonlight really crisis. Well, it's like I never, cool. I never even heard of Moonlight when it won, and then yeah, I went I to go either. see it, and I was like, "Really, this be La La Land?" Well, we'll get it. We, that's a different. Uh, we can use that like in a next show. We can debate that to open up. That's good banter to open up with. It's I'm just La La Land mediocre. Just whatever. That's not that's, mediocre. It's good, but it's great. People, actually, pe- no, it's not great. It Ryan Gosling is ooh. Talk about good looking actor. Anyway, Rami Malek. Um, okay, what are you, Mister Robot guy? I, yeah, I'm not, Never seen I'm that just either. a huge queen guy, and I Good love show. that movie. I like that. Um, this is our last show for a few weeks, as I've just realized now. Yeah, that's rough. Because we uh, we go on spring break next week, and w- what are your plans for spring break, everyone? Sit at home and do nothing. Trent, you're going somewhere. I'm going you? to uh, Anna Marie Island with my friends. That's right. Where's that? It must be nice. Uh, it's on the Gulf side. I've never been there. Wait, wait, wait on the Gulf side of what? Florida. Florida. Okay, Sorry. okay, jeez. Yeah. Of, uh, of my Indiana. Bad. Of, yeah. The Gulf side of Indiana. Warm yeah. down I will also be. I will be at home in Novi, Michigan, just nice. just riding on the couch. I hope my dad takes me to Top Golf, dude. That I, it, <laughs> you want to hear this story? It's one of the most insane yeah, no, stories bring ever. It, bring it. My senior year of high school in my entrepreneurship class, because I grew up like five minutes away from like, I like Great Lakes Crossing, where okay. like where the Top Golf is. Yeah. So we had to come up for a project for our final project. Mine was to bring a top golf to the location of like this old golf bubble that is like on where the top golf is now. Okay. So whatever, I do the project. Two months later, after I get out of school, top golf coming to the exact location <laughs> that Ooh. I said. They you might have some, some money in a lawsuit. Some government stuff right there. Dude, you might have some I, lawsuit. I swear, I swear. I called my buddy in the class. I was like, dude, did you just see this tweet? I was like, <laughs> I, I was like. I was like, this this is ridiculous. I I'm missing out on millions. That place makes bank. Oh, I could have. I'm there is. I went to one in in Phoenix or like in it might be in like Chandler, Arizona, with my uncle. Yeah, it's a it's electric factory. No, it's not even that. Unreal idea. No, it's a great idea. It's not even that. It's just like it, Michigan is such a golf like hungry state. Oh yeah, like it has the fourth most golf courses in like all of America, and like you, there's not that many places that hit balls during the winter. Right. So that place is just gonna fit, like make money. So I don't know. So I, I, don't know, I yeah. hope. Yeah. So my dad I should better be getting, take me I should out getting, there. I should be getting royalties for Top Golf Michigan eventually. I'll yes. back you on that. Yeah. Well, hey. All right. So insane. Our last show for a couple weeks. We'll make it a good one. Uh, we apologize to those of you that are now sobbing because you won't hear our voices next week. Trent's got to go get a tan. You're already pretty tan. I mean, you're... I, I have a dark complexion. Yeah. <laughs> You do. Good face. Trent's got a good face. What the? Oh I appreciate that. Thank that you very was much. awesome. I got a dark complexion. That was great. That's all time. All time, Trent. Anyway, uh, as we get back on the rails here, let's I also, talk some- I also use this- uh, uh, Is co- it a banana boat it, cream? No, it's cocoa butter uh, oh Vaseline God. lotion. Every time I get out of the shower, I put you it on. You my grandma. Jeez. My it, grandma. Yeah, no, my, my grandma uses no, it, too. It. I don't need not No disrespect. But yeah. The, yeah, come on. Don't no, I know. So I know. I That's a he- very, very feminine quality of mine, but I love it. And uh, that I, it, every, every shower. Every, okay. I, I, okay. I take it with me to like hotels. You know what I mean? Like it, it's my routine. Well, t- sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Okay, your can, we, can we? Yeah, can we? Can we talk tigers? For, I mean, <laughs> okay, this yeah. has been Let's fun. This has been fun. Okay. 
Uh, only Tigers news, really. I don't care to talk about them getting absolutely waxed the past couple of days in, in spring training ball. Um, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. Like, what is up with that? I Also, kind of going off the road. <laughs> I don't remember them doing split squads until like three years ago. Is this like a new thing? Yeah. I think so. I, I, I might need to do some research. I'll I'll bring it back in, like in two weeks, but okay. I swear they never <laughs> used to do split squads. I, I don't recall. Maybe either. I wasn't paying attention, but the uh, the big news, I guess, if you can even call it big news, uh, Tiger signing veteran infielder Josh Harrison. Jay Hay. I Woo! call him infielder because he plays like everywhere: second base, shortstop, third base. Uh, one year, two million dollar contract. There are some things in there where he can earn up to, an, uh, I believe, an extra million dollars. I uh, hit 250 last year with eight home runs, 37 RBIs, and 97 games with Pittsburgh. Uh, he, I think he injured his hand or something. He was, he was his wrist the first half of the year, so that's why. Uh, do not be alarmed. He is an everyday player, uh, career 277 hitter, and he's 31 years old. So my my question is is it was cool to see this name come across because he's I think he's a he's a big character guy, and I know he was definitely beloved in in uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, d- the 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 thing that troubles me here, if you can even call it troublesome, is that I I'm still I don't understand it in a sense of he's he's a good player and he and I think he, he most likely will be playing every day at second base for the Tigers. I don't understand now because you're trying to do the rebuilding thing, and I just feel like there's other guys you can you can filter in at second base. And now you look around the infield and you probably have Jody Mercer who will take out or Jordy, right? Yep. Jordy Mercer who will take your spot at shortstop for the for I would say the majority of the games. We literally have the Pirates middle infield. Yeah, tomorrow, and now Harrison at second base. So it's like at, at what point, I mean, are you I don't know, are you mad at the at the deal? Do you, no. do you not at all? I mean, I, I just, like it actually. It, but do you think there's a certain point to where you're starting to now you're plugging up and maybe holding back the rebuild cuz you're bringing these guys in? I know what you're saying, but like if you looked at it what I was reading is that the Tigers like look at they don't look at good Rome as like an everyday second baseman. Like he, right, and like, I don't either. But. No, no, but like, so there's like, we like him, we feel more comfortable in the role where he's moving around from position to position, and he's kind of your utility guy, and you need that in baseball nowadays. Like, yeah. those guys are important, actually. It's not like back in, like, 06 when you have Ramon Santiago riding on your bench, and like, oh, he can play left field if you need him, but like, I, those guys actually matter now, but I mean, I actually like it. I think this is a definite move where you could definitely move him at the trade deadline if he... Like, sure. gets off hot. I mean, he came, like, this guy's no, like, bum. I mean, he's made two all-star teams, finished ninth in the MVP one year. Like, he's, like, a legit player. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, 277, like, career average, like you said. It, he, I know what you're saying, but I, 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 for one year, it doesn't really hurt you. It's not like when they gave Zimmerman, like, six years. Like, right. it, it's oh, not, Lord. it's nothing like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I like it. I just think it adds to the excitement of the season more than anything. It's just another name that'll be fun to watch. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you guys said. Um, but I actually think he could be really serviceable. Like you guys said, he's one of, like probably one of the best players on the team. Yep. You look at the roster, what we got right now. I mean, I I wonder if it is already in the plan. Like Colin said to flip him at the deadline. You know what I mean? A one year deal for a guy like this, who's you know he's he's not he's not super old yet. He's still kind of I guess you could say he's on the back end of his prime. I don't know, but um. Another another interesting component of the whole Goodrum thing that I'm wondering is, I think Goodrum plays well with a chip on his shoulder, and I don't know sure. if maybe they're trying to shift him around to see you know keep him in that I got something to prove mindset until he really gets solid and becomes an everyday second baseman. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But that that's just that's my take on I it. I think he's an everyday player. I just think they'll just move him around. Yeah, he does, if it's an outfield or an infield, he's not yeah. restricted. To it's one just position. like yeah. So 
I don't know. You could see him probably maybe playing first base a little bit. I you're you'll right. see him all around infield and other places. So now, what has stirred some controversy is that he will be wearing Josh. This is Josh Harrison. Uh, will be wearing number one. I like it. Why not? And that's the thing because now people have are like, oh well, sweet Lou. that's sweet Lou's number. And well, first of all, he should be in the Hall of Fame. We, I can we yes, can go on. I mean, one hundred percent. I'm just gonna say no. Just to, it, I hope my dad listens to this, so he'll just be. Like furious, <laughs> triggered. My, my like, there's three things in the world that get my dad triggered. Like watching like a Michigan State, like any sports game, like me not like capping the toothpaste in my house. He gets like <laughs> so fair. triggered about I that. You say like me not getting a job or no, something. no, that's that fair. too. I, he's he's and, allowed to get mad. He's yeah, not and toothpaste. and like Tigers like not being in the Hall of Fame. Like yeah. well, Whitaker, he's like. Sweet well, Lou and Tram up the middle. I mean, Nothing Trammel, was like it. Now that Trammel's in, you have to put Lou right, in. Right, they're a package deal. Yeah. Like, everyone know. knows that. Yeah, but the okay, so no, one's, so no one's mad about the whole him wearing number one thing. And it's no. like, dude, like his, his number's like not retired. I feel like that's something Pat Caputo would be mad about. Yeah, no, it, it, doesn't, exactly it doesn't, it doesn't bother about. me. It's just like the Tigers need to retire that number. Yeah, exactly. And he played 18 years here. Like, come on. I don't, What's the no, criteria? No, you have to be in the Hall of Fame to be on, like, you get your statue and, like, get your number retired. I think that's, like, oh, the criteria. Oh, is that the thing? They don't just do it for anyone, no. then? Hmm. I mean, you look at it, it's like Cobb, Horton, I think Greenberg. Yeah. I mean, But don't yeah, you think K-Line. you could make an exception? I mean, like, I, th- I I think he eventually will be in the Hall of Fame if Tram got in. I think that just opens up the doors for him. Yeah. But I don't perfect, know. perfect examples, Herman Morph. I think he finally got his retired for the Lions. But it took forever. It's like, I mean, they don't retire. Is... It's just Ring of Honor for yeah, football because right. they like have too lot... many guys. Yeah, yeah. They have too many numbers. Yeah, but, yeah. Herman huh. Moore, what a name. Yeah, well, got a Herman Moore jersey. I just wore it today. I'm know, glad we. Wild. I'm glad we got some Tigers in. But again, spring training is underway. Uh, Tigers not looking so hot, but uh, it's kind of tough to, <laughs> to to break down spring training games. I I gotta say, being like we're all like me and Trent at least are journalism majors and like, oh, you talked about like having like great, like the experiences of like going to have it like covering games and stuff. Being able to cover spring training is the biggest joke ever. If like you like <laughs> covered the Tigers, yeah. you're like, yeah, oh, none of these games matter, but I, I, I get like a free trip to Florida. I, I will say that was yeah. one thing is I have absolutely zero spring break plans this year is I went down to when I went to Arizona, my freshman year of college, to go see my uncle Steven. We went to a Cub spring training game. It's so great. That's it's the just first awesome time you've atmosphere. name-dropped Uncle Steven in a while. Yeah, yeah, I know. Welcome back, Uncle Steven. He was <laughs> not happy with Michigan State winning yesterday. Let me just say that much. Why? Is he a Michigan guy? Yeah, somehow. Him, my dad. My dad's also a Michigan guy. They don't have any ties. My uncle David, legend, He's uh well, he did send uh my two cousins to Michigan State. So he's got some financial interest in there. Yeah. He also went to Michigan State for a couple of years before going to Arizona State. Uh-oh. Um. But yeah, Uncle Fear Steven and my, my dad were not happy with the Michigan State loss. Or the win. I'm sorry. That's like, the hate Michigan to see it. My hate family. to see it. It's okay. My dad does wear his. I got him a uh, Michigan State quarter zip a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, he does wear that sometimes, so that's that feels good. I gotta mean, love a good quarter zip. I mean, yeah. a dad can't resist a quarter zip. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah. like if exactly. you get anyone a quarter zip, and you exactly. say, I'm going to put it on. Yeah. Shout out Joey Ellis. He's a big quarter, yeah. quarter zip guy. But no, back to my... He's all taught with his quarter yeah. zip. Game, you know, there's also yeah, no chance he listens to this, but... Oh, yeah, no chance. He's Shout a, out. He likes the Milwaukee Bucks. He's got that Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he likes anything. Fake. Yeah, exactly. This is him every time I see him. He said, dude, I, I watched the Oregon last night. Might gotta get it. Might need to get a quarter zip. I'm like, what yeah. is wrong with you? <laughs> but back to my, my point. Spring training is is a good time. I, I'd love to take a trip down there sometime. Yeah, that'd be cool. But uh, anyway, uh, 
take it's away from baseball now because again, uh, boring stuff so far. Uh, something not boring. Trade deadline has passed in the NHL, and as expected, the Red Wings did make some moves. So uh, if you are not aware, I will catch you up. The first trade that made news, Nick Jensen and a 2019 fifth-round pick that is actually Buffalo's fifth-round pick. Uh, that was sent to Washington. The Wings getting in return defenseman Madison Bowie and a 2020 second-round pick. Uh, Madison Bowie, 23 years old. He was taken in the second round in the 2013 draft. Just a handful of picks ahead of Bertuzzi, I believe. Uh, he stands six foot two, 198 pounds, so pretty decent size uh, on the blue line there. Uh, scouting report on him, I guess I would say uh, hard worker, very good skater. I think the thing that comes into question is his hockey IQ. Um, he's only played in 83 career NHL games and registering 18 points there. But I uh, just just couldn't crack the lineup in Washington. A pretty pretty deep blue line there. Um, but uh, Nick Jensen, as he went to Washington, they, he was just signed to a four year, ten million dollar contract. So so good for him. Um, the other thing making news before I guess we get into the big breakdown of it. Uh, Gus Nyquist to San Jose for a 2019 second round pick and a 2020 conditional third round pick. And if I'm not mistaken, the conditions on the third round pick are that if the, if the Sharks make the Stanley Cup final, win. or if they win the Stanley Cup, uh, or in the event that they that San Jose resigns Nyquist uh, after this year, that 2020 third round pick becomes a 2020 second round pick. Uh, so stay woke on that. So I guess uh, in, in simplest terms, are you are you happy with these two trades? I mean, it, it was just kind of like meh. It's like you're not. Being, I mean, the market's really not what it's. I mean, it's kind of like baseball. The trade like market's kind of like diminished, kind of mm-hmm. for guys like this. Like you see Zuccarello only for a conditional second rounder. That's kind of crazy to think about how right. productive he's been for the Rangers. So I mean, they brought a lot back for Thomas Tatar last year in that Vegas deal where you were like surprised, but this year, this year was more like run of the mill guys. This Nick Johnson not really going to be the like. He's a fifth defenseman, maybe fourth at best. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't really need those guys on your roster at this point of the rebuild. And Gus Nyquist, I, I, I honestly could see Gus Nyquist kind of going off for the Sharks, being a nice little depth guy for them because he's, like, not going to be the guy. Like, he's pro- the third best player probably on the wins right now offensively. Yeah. And has probably the best numbers other than Larkin. So, I mean, I like the trades. You got to get rid of them. I mean – all the assets you can get in a rebuild, rebuild, excuse yeah. me, are good assets. So, well, yeah, I was just gonna say, anytime you're in a rebuild, you hate to see your team hold serve at a trade deadline or yeah. free agency Brutal. or something like that. So, I think the return they got back for Nyquist was decent, given his. Uh, they they could have done better. I don't know if they could have done better this year. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those deals with 2020 hindsight. You would have liked to see him move him last year, but like, you know, you didn't know for sure where you're going last year, so. It's just one of those things where you're just glad your team did something. You're glad they made a move, they got some picks, and we'll see what happens. Uh, only time will tell in this situation. I will say this about Gus Nyquist. I think him not really developing, like, kind of is, like, one of their – like, him, Tatar, and that core group not, like, turning into what Ken Holland thought they were going to be. Yeah. Kind of, like, made the decision, like, last year at the deadline, hey, we got to go through with a little bit of a rebuild here. Right. In, in, in my opinion, I, I want to break down each trade individually. I think the Jensen trade was – the return was great for the Wings. I mean, you get a, a 20, 22nd-round pick. You, I think the Wings – I want to say they have or they had now that they gave away uh, the Buffalo fifth-round pick. I think they, they had three 
fifth round picks there. So it is what it is. It's just chump change at that point. But Madison, Madison Bowie, at 23 years old and as good of a skater as he is. And I mean, being six, two and close to 200 pounds, just the guy that, like I said, he couldn't really crack the lineup in Washington and Jensen being 28 years old, uh, not a guy who when this team is ready to go and go make a run at the cup that was going to, I think was going to be here anywhere. was going to provide anything, you know, substantial to your team. And I reading a lot of comments on, on Facebook and stuff and on all these trades, people go, this is, you know, stupid trade. They got, got fleeced. And especially in the Nyquist thing, which I'll get into in a second, you know, Jensen is, if you watch the guy play, I mean, he, he's a pretty decent skater himself. He's clueless in the D zone. I mean, just trying to watch this guy get pucks out of the zone is asinine to me. But asinine, yeah, it's good, <laughs> decent word. Um, no, see, I remember watching. I was at the game when when Nashville came to to uh, Little Caesars and just watching this guy try to get the puck out of the zone. It was a mess. But um, you know, Bowie, I'm glad he he's excited to be here. I know that for a fact. He's, I mean, you know, you can see him. Kind of had a rocky like tenure in Washington. Yeah, exactly. Some social media issues. Exactly. And stuff, so, so he, you know, he's. I think it's a it's a good fit. You know, why not take a chance on if if anything, the fact that I look at this, you can you can remove the fifth round pick if Bowie doesn't work out. It's Jensen for a second round pick. And, and to your point, Collins, that was a great point of, you know, these teams trading for these conditional picks or these future considerations. Teams are just are going to the draft now. Like the the way the NHL is is shifted is. You know, you're seeing you know, draft picks are so so precious and valuable because, I mean, the, the the talent is is just that good as of late in 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 the draft. So, you know, teams are looking towards this. So, anytime you can get draft picks, is it's a it's a it's a luxury to have. Which leads me into the the Nyquist trade because the the talk before he was dealt was that they were looking for a first round pick, which to me at first glance was I was like oh okay because I believe for the Tatar trade they got a first round pick and a third round pick it was uh, to Vegas last first, year first second and a conditional third okay so that I mean that's a it was incredible and that, then he barely played for Vegas exactly so that was I mean that was a heck of a pull so I think the Nyquist thing to me I was like eh, okay first maybe but again you know last night because this trade went through at like midnight and I was sitting there I was watching some, some nice Netflix documentary uh, Stanford Prison Experiment check it out Pretty good, pretty pretty good. Not uh, up my alley. I'll take your word for it. Pretty Not good. up my alley. Um, but you know, again, just reading these things about you know they got fleeced. Why are you trading them? And I get that not everyone on Facebook is is a is a sports expert, <laughs> nor do I pretend to be one. But um, you have to get something. And, and what that tells me is that clearly the market wasn't there to get a first for them, and to bring back a second round pick and a conditional third, which I don't think that San Jose will win the cup this year. I could see Nyquist re-signing in, in San Jose, but the thing is, is like they they do have a pretty decent core up front to where he might want to go elsewhere and get some more money and be a part of you know a, a legit second line role because I think he'll probably squeeze into the third line in San Jose. Um, but you got to get what you can get, and I mean he's a guy that you know he was I believe the the he what he was looking for was around four or five years. Around four and a half to five mil a year after this year, which is the the, the Red Wings just that pulling that move off again would be like a, a Darren Helm, Justin Epp, just bad contract. So I don't mind it. Um, you know, I 
Again, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was by any means or either of them bad trade for the Red Wings. Uh, my only question then being, is there anyone else that you wish was traded from the Red Wings? I saw that there was like a little speculation about Glendening, but like hmm. you're not going to really get anything. Maybe like a fourth round, like so you don't really need to move on from that. And Cronwall didn't want to be traded, and I think as an organization, it's a bad look if you trade a guy who's like, I, I don't want to be traded. I'm like basically done. I think Brad Galley from uh. Uh, Channel Seven had like a good thing to say. It would be a weird move on the bat, like on the final hole of his career, to just like kind of move Nick Rothwell. Yeah. So, uh, not really. I think the wins did what they had to do. I think the I they I think Ken Holland talked about that he wished it was a little bit better of a market for goalies this year, but it just it didn't shake out that way. But yeah. It is what it is. I, I I don't think they hurt themselves or necessarily like really helped themselves, but they just ha- did what they had to do. Yeah, I was going to hit on Howard just because I feel like you you could get something for him. Um, but the market wasn't there, so I'm not 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 upset about it. And it looks like now they're going to look to resign him. So I mean, you're going to try to keep him a part of this rebuild as long as you can. Yeah. Um and ex- extend his career, prolong his career, so yeah. That's fine. Like Colin said, overall just it's it's something you look at what the Wings did, what they got in return, and you you can't you can't be upset with what you even if you're not ecstatic, you're not excited. You got to be happy with what the Wings did. Yeah, and and you still you, know, you still have to put a team on the ice. So right. I I could give you names like you know Vanek, who obviously will not be here next year. Um, you know a guy like Erickson, you'd love to see gone. Um, a Glenn Denning again. And these are names like you know Helm, Ablocator. It's just a matter of the money and the contracts. Really, is why you would like to see him go. Um, you know, back to the Jimmy Howard thing. I I am really glad they they kept Jimmy Howard. I just think now, like you said, Trent, if they if they you now have to probably go resign him next year, and if that's the case, you're one of your number one priorities here in this upcoming draft is you have to find your goalie of the future. Yeah, you have to because second round, whether and it's a it's a it's a probably a pretty good spot to to look is in the second round. Now you you know you have a second round pick coming your way, but um, you you have to find a way because you know Jimmy. You know, I love Jimmy Howard. I, th- I I really do, but not gonna be, again. When the team's good, he's gonna be. Well, yeah. Late it, it, what you're saying right tooth. now is yes. you're saying I'll give you one more contract, but you're not necessarily you you not you're not looking at this rebuild and saying okay, well that's gonna ex- like that's gonna extend farther or, or that's gonna line up with your contract. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not it's not a necessity at this point, right? So like you said, they got to draft a kid and then you know let Jimmy play out this contract and hopefully by the time this next kid comes up. Then you'll you'll be where you want to be, right? I I wonder for Howard though, just personally, would he want to move on after this deal? Just say, hey, maybe I want to make a run at a cup. Yeah, like he's not like I don't know if he's like a not. There's a team out there that is like just missing a goalie, like as a piece. I think the Flyers like were one of those teams for a long time, and so were the Islanders. And the Islanders have had like the best goalie. Like doesn't matter who's in that, Rice or like Leonard or whatever yeah. that guy's name. They've just been incredible. So, I, I I I don't know what he'll do, but if they give him a deal, I bet it's on a year to year basis. Sure, yeah, um, and that's that's and that's fair. And again, I just I, that that's a guy too who I would that would hurt to see him to see him go. And the the really? Cronwall thing, Howard. Yeah, yeah, I, I love Jimmy Howard. Why is that? I because I, he's I mean he's 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 been, been good. part of the team for years, man. Yeah, but I understand. It's not like he brought you like. Great, great memory. So the highlight is like going to the West semis and losing to the Blackhawks in Game Seven. Sure, yeah, I, I, I hear. My comparison is but... JD Martinez. 
No way. That's that my, is that's my comparison. I think that's fair. No. JD was way better than Jimmy Howard was in a short period of time. I'm not saying like No, I just mean in fan reception. Like if we got rid of him, I think people would be upset. But you know, no. he, I think people would be way more upset about Jimmy Howard. He's been here for longer. No, I'm just gonna say this. More people care about the Tigers than the Red Ones in Detroit. I JD Martinez and the fact that the Tigers never really got it done. I mean the yeah. wins have gotten got it done like ten years ago. Yeah. So there's like That's sword. crazy. I was thinking about that the other day. Like we won the cup. Yeah, like a decade ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. I remember when we lost it the yeah. year after Jonathan Harrison hit the pipe like twice in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I, that's a good Sidney Crosby sucks. I I'm I'm glad you bring up the the point about I was watching that in Pittsburgh, fun fact. I the the, the crybaby shirts that came out after that were great too. Yeah, 87. Nice. Um but the uh the point you brought up about the Tigers cuz I I did want to ask this before we wrap up Red Wings talk here. I was listening to Jimmy Howard's interview when they were asking him about um the Nyquist trade. And it was a, I don't know who asked the question. It was a great question about how, you know, it seems like Nyquist was kind of the last, I don't want to say last, but maybe one of the the few remaining pillars that are now off this team of when you were, you know, post-2008, yep. when you're trying to kind of retool and, and hold together a core and go after another cup. You know, Tatar being a guy that was included and now Nyquist. And they asked Jimmy, you know, do you feel like this was a failure the past, you know, couple of years that you guys couldn't get back to it after that that 08, 09 little run there, and you know he was just like I, I haven't really put much thought into it, but it's a it's an intriguing question. Do you feel like now that Nyquist is gone, I don't know if you want to call Nyquist or the the Nyquist experiment a failure or those or those years there afterwards after the 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 couple cup runs or you know I guess where are you at with that? I mean. I think a lot of people just thought he was to be. I think a lot of players in the Red Wings system for you heard about him forever. Yeah, you 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 basically saw the wins like winning cups and getting the cups, and you're like, hold on, guys, guess what? You should see what's in our farm system. We're making the Calder Cup every year. Yeah, like even if the wins are getting bounced in the first round to like the Lightning or like the Predators or whoever it was, they kind of like fell back to like, hey, we got Brendan Smith. Hey, we got Riley Shahan. Hey, we got Dust Nyquist. Hey, we yeah. got Thomas Tatar. And that, I mean, those guys just really never panned out to be the superstars they thought they could be. And, I mean, you will, we'll always have Brennan Smith giving the police Riley Shahan's like, license and him getting arrested <laughs> in a Teletubby costume. We'll always have that. Was it Brennan Smith or Riley Shahan got arrested? I think it was Brennan Smith. Yeah, I, I would probably have to lean more Brendan Smith. Yeah, he yeah. seems like a guy who'd get arrested <laughs> yeah. in a Teletubby costume. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Brennan Smith. I, I was a big fan of Brennan Smith because he was like one of those guys who's either really good or really bad. Yeah. My Elvin Ellis's. My Elvin Elvin Ellis like top five. I, I'm gonna make a list. One I of these love days. Elvin Ellis. He was so good and so bad in such a short period oh, of time. Man. That's why I love players like that. His freshman year was the best. Freshman Elvin Ellis. Yeah. I think no, he got like in, four in the minutes a game. He, no, he came in and the tournament was just a hustler, just uh, a scrapper. Okay. Loved it. I, I love that you're an Alvin Ellis guy because oh, I'm the biggest Alvin Ellis guy in the entire world. <laughs> a huge but. Brandon Dawson guy, actually. I know. So, so Trent, was this, uh, I guess, a, a failed experiment for you in your eyes? In yeah. the aspect that Collins mentioned, yes, just because, like, yeah, you keep hearing his name and you want to, you, you, you kind of expected that to be like the one A of the yeah. of the cup years, and it wasn't. But you know, to take a take a step back and just look at it, Gus was great in the years he was here. You know, so I don't I don't think so. I don't think it can be considered a failure. But maybe in terms of production or what what you got at the end of the day, maybe. 
That's you, about all I got. Do you see it as like a disappointment? Like, because after they went to the West semis, there was excitement. Yeah, I like, and they had that series three to one, and then the next year he has like that twenty-two game point streak. I, I I don't know if it could be a disappointment, but what do you think? I mean, you, you watch know, more wins than I. Yeah, do. I don't I don't want to call it a failure because I think that after you know the, those those little bit of runs because the wings were I mean you know not only. There was that stretch of time, you know, after the the big home win streak and all that stuff where they were just making the playoffs and getting bounced around one, yeah. round two, and that's kind of what led to this. But, I mean, yeah, when you still had your pieces together, like, you know, you had your Lidstrom, your Datsuk, your Zetterberg, and, you know, Franzen was still playing, and then you plug and play you guys like Tatar and Nyquist, who eventually just as, you know, as the, the pecking order kind of, you know, came to fruition – they had to step up because you had, you know, Datsuk left and Franzen got hurt and, you know, Litson retired. And those were the, I, I feel like Tatar and Nyquist were the two names that you really kind of had carry the team for a, a, a few stretch of years there. And just not guys that I don't, I don't think were really, didn't have the skill set to, to do what the Wings needed them to do almost. Like, I, 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 I look think at the Wings thought they did, but they Right, yeah. right. And I and I look at them now as seeing Gus Nyquist, who's a guy that you know rolls in your first and second line every night, and I don't think his skill set allows him to be – I mean, like look at some of these first lines around the league. You know, the, the Wings will throw out like Nyquist, Larkin, and like a Bertuzzi, and you got Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron in Boston. It's just like it's a completely different world. So – um, I, I, I did enjoy watching Nyquist. He has, I remember that one, uh, that like the 32nd, he had the, like the puck on a stick for like an obnoxious 30 seconds against Ottawa in overtime, yeah, wheeling sad. around the zone and he scores some great moment. But again, just n- not a guy who like, you know, like I don't have any Nyquist t-shirts, you know, yeah. I never got the jersey, like he, whatever. So we thank him for his service, but it was the right thing to do and move on. And... We'll we'll always have that one playoff series that we went three up three one on Chicago. Yes. That that thinking about that now, I was in eighth grade, I was like, dude, this Red Wings team might be in the cup and that's ten years. Yeah. <laughs> was... uh, uh, they it was it was some fun hockey to watch. And hopefully and you know what? I will say too, like you're able the the great thing about those Red Wings teams is like you had a core that was just like these guys, you know, they've been playing together and they get it and they're good. And you're starting to kind of see that develop with this young team. I mean, you're Larkin, you're Mantha, you saw Zadina get time uh, in the game against San Jose. And, I love and, that, and I by guess, the way. And it was, I'm glad they brought him up. He got like 11 minutes of ice time. I don't think he was n- not on the score sheet. Um, I will say from the eyeball test, I think he fits in well. And his, just him, his youthfulness and his speed and his shiftiness and, and, He's just a great skill guy. So I, I I hope and I really think he will work out. But point being is that, you know, you're you're starting to see some names that have the potential to when you're looking at this team, like, oh yeah, you know, you know, your former Red Wings led by, you know, your Zetterberg, your Datsuk, your Lidstrom, your Cronwall, and hopefully in the future it's your Larkin, it's your Mantha, it's your Athanasiu, your Bertuzzi, your Chalowski, and I don't know. But I, I do think the future is bright. I really do. Um I, I'd agree with you. I'm kind of usually like the downer, but I, I, I see a path where the wins get back to the playoffs in less, like in two years. I see a path there. Yeah. And so. again, you got, I mean, guys like Joe Valeno, and I, that's, that's, that's you your know, guy. Ripping, he's ripping, like just <laughs> ripping up junior hockey. It's obnoxious how many points this guy puts up in junior hockey. But um, again, like I always say, Svechnikov, remember that guy? Yep. He, he's still on the team somewhere. Um, 
I think he's coming up actually. I and that's another thing too that maybe in in the weeks to follow we can get into is there's there's these weird rules and like Rasputin's a guy who's got this weird team control. Thing about, yeah, where he contract. can like go back down to the eight, but they can also like go back to G. I don't know. It's 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 kind of like it's that weird MLB so thing where they like the guy is so good in sprint training and he's obviously an MLB player, but they have to keep him. Yeah, in like minor league baseball for twenty games, just so they can have an extra year of like team control. Yeah, so, so uh, I don't know. and there's that, like that, and again, you know, Valeno, and 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 hopefully this year's draft is is something special too. And obviously, with selling so hard at the deadline, I, they are posed for a pretty solid draft pick. But um, I do want to get into the Pistons here, as they are back in action. Two game win streak for the Pistons since the All Star break. Woo! They are six out of seven. Six out of seven. Good stat there, Collins. Always with it. Um, they are playing the Indiana Patriots at home right now as we speak because they always play when we record. Up seven. Up seven. How much time left? 155 left in the third, 82 to 75. The Pistons are leading. Andre just made a great hustle play, just so everyone knows. Are you watching? Yeah, I got it. I got Fox, <laughs> I got Fox Sports Go up. As Colin uh, leans over. Yeah. It's... No, listen, whenever you guys talk wings, I got to like, you know, because I'm, I'm not a big hockey guy. Like my, my hockey IQ is not. Great, but that's what's great about the show is we all pick each other yeah, up. Yeah, we even each other out. Rabinowitz is our hockey guy. No, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, the I love shirt. the wings. championship. I love yes. the wings. But I, <laughs> Don't forget, yeah, I got to no, bring the ring. Got a ring. <laughs> I got to bring the ring. ring in. I'll bring it after. Bring number four, right? Yes, number four. Actually, it was, I've on seen that, on that team. I was number five, but yes, uh, number four. I've is seen the Facebook profile picture. Yes, number four was in your prime. Yes, exactly. No, but anyways, bottom line, I I gotta entertain myself when you guys talk wings. Not because I'm not entertained, just because I I gotta gotta brush up. I gotta gotta, entertain myself when you guys talk. It's always wings and then pistons. Okay, yes, the pistons. I like it because we can all contribute. I think a a pretty good amount to the pistons. Yes, which is good. Um, since the All Star break, and I guess you know, like you said, Collins winning six of their last seven. I guess the All Star break probably did some good. You know, rest the legs and. And reboot here. Does it does it feel or look like a newly inspired team the past two games? Uh, I think since the deadline, it's kind of been a little bit different of a team. But I tweeted this out after the Hawks during the Hawks game. Got a lot of flack for it. I'm like me and Trent talked about it last week. Jumping back into Reggie Jackson, I'm fully back on Reggie. Really, Jackson. I was I, I, I was gonna you beat me to it. I, I I'm just gonna say that he's good. Yeah, like no, he, he's, he's not, not not like a guy where he's ever gonna take you to what you think like this team needs to be. Like he is definitely a guy you can move on from, but he's definitely not like his contract is inspiring. But he's definitely like a playable player. Like I looked at, I was looking at this for basically a month since the New Orleans Pelicans game on January twenty third. He has not been a minus in any game. I want to see that. So, like, you look at this, plus 7, plus 8, plus 8, plus 18. Yeah. Zero. For plus 4, about plus all 40. of That's a great point, because for about all of, I want to say, like, December. He was terrible. And January. January is when the Pistons took a nosedive. Reggie Jackson was consistently, like, bad plus minuses, yeah. like minus 22, minus yeah. 18. Every single night it was terrible. But the- you got to wonder, like, did him and Stanley just not get along? No, like, what's the I, deal with him just like coming out? Because he has played great as of late. I don't know what it is. I think it's because I think Dwayne Casey realized he's like I can't really do the same system I'm I did in Toronto. I guess be more yeah. high pick and roll with him and Andre. And Andre's responded too. Yeah, like Andre's Andre, played great. Andre, let's re-energize. And that that game in Atlanta on Friday was a huge momentum win for this season. Like huge. Yep. And 
you looked at we've talked about their schedule and it's just kind of eat the east they're going to get opportunities they're, they're gonna and honestly you know what if you're looking at the the standings here pacers are in third and i now obviously i hope we win tonight yeah but i i want the pacers to hang on to that three and the Pistons move up to six because then I I think everyone would pick the Pistons to win that series. I mean I don't know that's just I'm we're we're biased here obviously, but <laughs> I mean the, this Pacers team without Victor Oladipo, uh, they they haven't they haven't skipped a beat. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm I, I am I'm waiting for the wheels to fall off on the Pacers. Like I, I am too. Just, I, just I, like, honestly, when yeah. Oladipo went down, I thought they were going to drop all the way out. Yeah, you guys remember we were talking yeah. about that one time, but it's looking like they're not. And if you look at where the Pistons are at now, it's like, I think right now we're one and a half out of uh, sixth. Yeah. And a half ahead of eighth. So they're kind of, they, there's room to grow there. And I, I think if the Pistons get the sixth seed and the Pacers stay at three, you're looking at a playoff series win. I don't know. It's way too early to tell, but that would be very exciting. Huge success for the Pistons this season if that goes down. I would love to see an old school Pacers Pistons playoff series. That would because, be great. Yeah. Like when I like some of my first sports memories is Jermaine O'Neal against like Ben Wallace. Mouse of the Palace. Yeah. I mean no, not even that. Just like at like Banker's life and it's just like Jermaine <laughs> O'Neal and like yeah. Reggie Reggie Miller's last leads yep. against like the piece. Pistons. Like yeah. and they couldn't beat the Pistons for yeah. like two years. It was great. They were good there was some good basketball. Um, so Collins, you're you're saying you're all in, you're back all in, not even just on Reggie, but just in the Pistons in general. As I've said before, uh, I backed show. in on the fact that the Pistons are probably, I think they're the most dangerous team outside the top four. Like I I I I, I truly believe that whoever gets that five seed in that four or five game, they're just cannibalize themselves, so it doesn't really matter. So outside that top five, I I, I just think the Pistons with Blake, like are a cause for concern for a lot of teams because yeah. the bench shortens a little bit in the playoffs and that's the Pistons like literally their biggest issue. Other than the fact that Reggie's probably not as talented as most of the point guards in the East, it's just they have a terrible bench. And you saw that Miami they carried this Pistons team, but if it, it, it that I think in the playoffs Pistons set up to play better than they are in the regular season. They're just not built to be a regular season team. I would agree with that 100% because when you shorten up the rotation, hey, look, there's the uh, – the, I, know, I know people don't care, but there's the pretzel crust commercial right here. So, yeah. you know, I'd shout out. <laughs> just, um, you just can't eat that much of it. <laughs> yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. They're playing it up a lot. But I agree with Collins. Uh, I, I would like – you know, I, I'm not – this isn't even hyperbole. Like seven or eight deep consistently in the playoffs, this Pistons team could make some noise. And I, you – I'm not saying make noise. I just think the assumption I had in January when I they went on this skid is that doomsday, this is ugly. <laughs> and I, I think there's a little bit like a revitalization yeah. in this team. And I, I should have seen this coming because the East is so bad. So they'll probably put me back down once they get in the playoffs and get swept. Well, but. it was just it was it was kind of fishy when the Pistons just dropped off because nothing particularly went wrong it was just all of a sudden they stopped playing good basketball and now here they are playing good basketball again they look like they did at the beginning of the year when they were 4-0 and then 13-7 and you know what I mean so this is interesting now you know you look at assuming they hang on which is I shouldn't say that if they win tonight they'll they'll be back to one below 500 you're looking at a team that's probably going to finish above 500 this year which is awesome because I mean that that's the first time since when did they even 
Did we finish above yes. 526? I think it was like two games over. I'll look it up. Okay, but... I think it was two. It was like 40. Yeah, yeah, something something. Like that. But overall, dude, like top to bottom, you look at this team, like what what you talked about the the momentum swing in Atlanta. You look at how they got that win. Blake goes out in the third quarter. Reggie and Andre put the team on their back. Thon Maker hits Thonny. the big shot. Like Thon's been great. Thon has been great, and that, really. that trade. I, can, <laughs> I, well, I think Thon. I, is, it, is it an extra component to that team? Uh, he can shoot the three ball. I think somehow. defensively it's nice, but offensively he's still got a ways to go. He kind of just like floats on the three-point line. I wish he wouldn't do that, but he's good defensively. He's a presence at least, and he can stretch the floor a little bit more than like – I mean, Andre can at all, but that's one of the things you take – when you've got him on the floor. But that roster shakeup that we talked about a couple weeks ago is exactly what the doctor ordered, just like we thought it would be, because mm-hmm. Andre looks engaged. Blake's playing, like, angry. I mean, we saw him get thrown out in Atlanta. Like, he's playing with, with something to prove, unlike he ever had to do in L.A., really. Reggie's resurrected. We talked about that. But that, that this Thon-Maker deal is looking better every single game for two reasons. Number one, Thon's a good depth piece, and yeah. like we just mentioned. But then number two, Stanley's minutes have been turned over into Luke Kennard's. And Luke Kennard has been playing great. He had 14 and a half in this game. I don't even know what he's got now. But uh you he he looks like I mean it's and Reggie Bullock moving. He's like the he's your your prime uh like two guard off the bench, or you can start him. It's uh, it's it's up to you, but it's he he's playing great. I the bench, he's been really good off the bench. And like that's a great point. I mean, opening up minutes for him. I mean, I think Ellington's been all right. I think just having a guy in the starting lineup who's serviceable yeah. on both ends and allows you to like have another depth piece like Kennard. Like Kennard, when Kennard's confident, he's been solid. Yeah, and the the, the building his confidence is going to help this team moving forward, especially him because this is the guy that. And I know he hears these things like not from us, but from. <laughs> But you know Luke the Kennard whole never know, <laughs> never know the whole like oh we picked him over Donovan Mitchell we picked this kid you know what I mean yeah, like that's yeah. gotta that's gotta I mean that's got I'm not gonna say that That'd makes you less head. confident about yourself but you you probably think about it every now sure. and then and like for him to get out there and just just have time to play yeah. and and play great and he's playing the best basketball of his career right now so yeah. it's, it's awesome to see and not and not having Reggie Bullock there anymore to me like Luke Kennard my frustration with him is always like dude just shoot, shoot like yeah. shoot Oof. the that's, ball that's why you're on oh the team yeah. yeah and so now that Reggie's Oof. gone I mean I think you know he kind of takes the role over of just being the guy that you want to throw the ball to in the corner and shoot which is good right uh my my concern is and we talked you know during the whole stretch of January where it was just miserable and like not only were they losing like every game they just they looked bad. They were losing by twenty, and so I don't know. I don't know if it, it had to do with something in the locker room that was off. But my concern is, and I'm curious as to what you guys think, is what if this is just a flash in the pan? Just another stretch, just another streak. I mean, they're playing. They're not playing very good teams, so I, I think you could say that. But I will say the bench is a little bit like set up better because with Thon and Andre, you don't really. Like when you take, you take like one of them out. Like the defense suffers, the offense suffers. I think with Thon being able to stretch the defense a little bit, that's the one thing that helps. It allows more space for Drummond down low. If he, either if he's rim running or something like that, double they were doing that double like pick and roll with Reggie, and that was opening up a lot of opportunities for yeah. Andre. So I I I don't I could see how it could be a flash in the pan. I just think it basically it this team is literally what we thought they were at the beginning of the year. I I just yeah they're not gonna be like the elite of the elite. 
They'll they'll eat up on the bad teams in the East. It's a playoff team. And they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, it's a playoff so. team. And I'm glad you mentioned the thing about Reggie and Andre pick and roll because that's come back and it's been pretty good. So uh, I, I, I can't complain with how this team's playing right now. But you look at – it's interesting to bring up the thing about not playing great teams because you look at January, that factually was the toughest stretch of the schedule. Yes, it was. Uh, they, they, were, they took two big West Coast road trips. They were playing great teams every night, it seemed like. A lot of back-to-backs. It was just – it was tough. January was tough. Now they're out of that. Um, and, and, and you know, you look at teams in the NBA and, like, the, the really good teams wouldn't struggle so much through those stretches. The Pistons did, which just tells you exactly what Kyle's just said. This is where they're, they're who we thought they were. You know, they can be exciting, pick up some steam. But the reason I don't think this is a flash in the pan is just because they're playing different basketball. It's not the mm-hmm. same brand of basketball that you were seeing at the beginning of the year. And like Colin said, I think it's just – Dwayne Casey's shaking up the system a little bit. Like, hey, this isn't working. You know what I mean? This is not – it's not working. And if it is, it's not sustainable. So they shook it up a little bit. Thon Maker now stretching. Reggie, Reggie and uh, Andre going back to the pick and roll. Blake not having to, to, to play so many meaningful minutes. Things like that. Just little things like that. Moving Reggie, giving Langston Galloway, Luke Kennard some more minutes to shoot. Just get out there and shoot the ball. It's all just a recipe for success, and they're winning the games they should win, which is a great sign. They're beating the Heat, you know, like important games, beating the Hornets, things like that. You like to see the, that from this team. I uh, let, oh, What's your take? My take on the whole situation? Um, uh, Sometimes you, when we talked about the Pistons, me and Shrunk get too carried away. I don't get to hear yeah, your opinion. I, well, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I love that. I appreciate, but, no, no, because that's the thing. Is like when we talk Red Wings, it's all me. You know what I mean? It's just That's how yeah. it is. It's, it's beautiful. Well, I would rather just not would, embarrass myself by getting up here and <laughs> well, trying to like hang think, with you guys. I also think we each, have our, I mean, we each have our sports that we're probably more invested into. I will obviously admittedly say I'm probably least invested in the I love watching Pistons. For some reason, I just have like this guilty pleasure of watching Pistons. I want I, – look – I all I do is watch sports. So anytime the Pistons yeah. are like, anytime a Detroit sports team is on, I'm watching the game. So yep. yeah. um, I don't mean to say like I don't watch, but the, the what's what's troubling to me about the Pistons is, is we talk about the schedule, and it's like to me if like if you can't beat if you like, they don't even like compete with good teams. Like yeah. you go into the game knowing like when they play the Celtics, like, they're going they're going to lose the Celtics. Yeah, and that's what I would what I would love to see from from a confidence perspective. It's like, why don't you sneak out a win against the Celtics or or against the the Raptors somehow or the Bucks? You know, because they yeah. haven't beaten the Bucks all year long. Yeah, that's and rough. Trent's big thing about, well, I want to see the Bucks. I hope that <laughs> I, I hope they come see them. I'm like, dude, if I, don't I can know quickly explain my thinking there, I just real quick, please do. <laughs> my my quick my my thinking on that is just it's one thing, and it's just that Giannis. I, I, I hero ball isn't sustainable in the NBA, and they don't they're not completely hero ball. Chris Middleton's a good player. Eric Bledsoe's a good player. You're but the biggest LeBron fan I know. LeBron's LeBron. That's How, different. That's, that's, so that's, that's, that's God ball. That's not yeah. hero ball. That's like totally that's Zeus, different. You guys are ridiculous. You guys are ridiculous uh, with LeBron. We, I, we, oh, by the way, oh, a little tangent before Trent continues. We were I don't know if you were in the meeting when we were posing doing an episode of the Green and White Report where we just hash out uh, LeBron versus MJ. It was going to be you, you Collins, Trent, me, and Julian. We were going ha- we to have a little debate. So and Trent and I so, were going to take Team LeBron, and you were so we're going to be first take at ten in the morning, basically yes, at WDBA. every day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just just a little teaser. Anyway, Trent, go no, ahead. my my, I I just think in a seven game series with a coach like Dwayne Casey, I think you and and, and I'm not predicting the Pistons. You know, I know we wouldn't beat the Bucks. I'm just saying, like, you get in a seven game series with the Bucks, and maybe you make some adjustments, and it's interesting. You know what I mean? I, sure. I I'd give the Pistons a crack at it. 
I, I, I would rather see the Bucks than the Raptors, than the Celtics, than the Sixers. That's all I'm saying. Of the top teams in the East, I'd rather play the Bucks. I think what you're like looking for, though, I think it's hard to judge this team when they play like what they're going to be in the playoffs because they're they're so they're like second units terrible. Because yeah. when they play a team with a le- le- legit second unit, like yeah. what's it called? They're up seven against the Celtics. We, the game before the All Star break, they bring their second unit in. Boston yeah. was on a ten zero run. Well, that was the big problem in January. You know, the Pistons would would win every first quarter. You know, yeah. I, I specifically remember they were up fourth and the first quarter against the Lakers. And then Cal Kuzma proceeds to drop thirty nine. Yeah. With, with Langston Galloway guarding him, and it's like, right. come on, but, guys. But back to your original question, Collins, um, I just think I don't see – I will say, and it, I don't know, again, I don't know if like there was something in the locker room that was causing problems, but as of late – and you know, even, even going into the – yeah, they just – there's just like a different – if this team was, was primarily the same and there wasn't many moves made and, you know – after the deadline, I would probably tell you that there's no chance this team, A, I mean, maybe makes the playoffs, but B, does anything. Because I just felt like it was such a stale product. It was just, it was the same crap, night yeah. in, night out. But now, I mean, I don't know, maybe Wayne Ellington brings you a presence. Maybe having Thon adds, you know, like Trent says, it, it just shakes it up. So I would like to believe that you you need to you need to build you know win streaks like in any sport it's about stringing Momentum, wins together yeah. yeah so they look good right now like they actually look good on the floor and I think that they look like they're playing the the team basketball aspect better I just I just don't think and it goes back to the way that they're built once it comes playoff time I genuinely do not care who who the Pistons will take on in that first round I don't think they get I don't I don't I would not give them you know, like Trent, you said earlier about you know, I think people would take the Pistons over the Pacers. I just, I, I don't see it. I, I just feel like there's something. The team's just not built right. It just, it, it's too like you know, like Collins said, it, it's too piece by piece, and like it just, there's not enough continuity of the depth of the roster to string you along. Which, which to now, my final thing is, I want to turn it back over to you guys, is, and, and maybe it's premature to ask this as as we wrap up Pistons talk for the week. But um, it, along the lines of just back to the way this team is built, and the question I want to ask is, I'm going to get to it in a roundabout way, is do you now see that based on the moves at the deadline, and not these huge moves that in a, a, a you know these these moves that were made that's going to change your team for the future, but do you now think that in the years going forward, like is it is it going to get worse before it gets better? Because to to me, the way I see it. Is that you know this is the, this is what you've bought into your Blake, your yep. Reggie, your Andre, and if you make the playoffs this year, and if you even grab you know if you go above five hundred, grab a six seed in your owner's eyes, that's a huge improvement. Yeah, you know because you've been below five hundred, not making playoffs. So, and, and we've all talked about how you know this this team really isn't isn't built to win a championship. So are you at all afraid or do you do you do you think along the lines of you know this is just going to be a team that's going to live in a 6 seed for the next 10 years until Blake retires and Andre's gone and Reggie's gone or do you think there's still a point after this year where gee I don't know you know next year they might tear it down they might move Reggie in the offseason and it's going to get a lot worse and they are going to truly commit to a rebuild before they come back because for me 
and I don't mean to just ramble on here. No, you're but good. I I now feel, and the reason why I'm just kind of scared of this whole playoff thing is I now feel like let's say the let's say the Pistons finish above 500, they grab a six seed, they lose the Pacers four two in a series. You know, you sell tickets to playoff games, it's cool, whatever. I now think that for your next, I don't know, handful of years. You know, you're fully in on Blake. Yeah, because you're, you're keeping, not, you're keeping you're Andre. You're you not might, pushed to make a change. Right. You might keep yeah. you might keep Reggie here. You know, you Luke Kennard's your guy. And I just think it's going to be five to ten more years of mediocre basketball before, like I said, Blake retires. You know, Andre becomes a free agent, moves on, you lose Reggie, and because you don't have any pieces right now. So is uh, do you think along the same wavelength, or do you are you in the camp of they're going to tear this thing down in the next couple of years? I don't think they're going to tear it down. I don't know what I'd like for this team to do. You know, I think about this a lot. I, I'm not sure what I'd prefer, but I do like at least you're bought into a superstar. You know, that's something the Pistons haven't done. I mean, they didn't even do that in 04. You know what I mean? They haven't done that since like literally Isaiah Tom Grant Hill. Maybe I don't even know, but. It, it, that aspect of it is is just that's more intriguing to me than tearing it down. However, I do get what you're saying about the whole like, oh, if they if they have a successful season, you know, air quotes around that, then they're not going to make any changes. They're right. going to say, okay, this is our this is our direction. This is what we're doing. My thing is just in this is the, just the optimist in me, the fan in me. I think the Pistons are going to get better next year and the year after that and the year after that, just because I think Dwayne Casey is going to keep building this team in his image. And and I and I just I just believe that yeah you've got Blake you got Andre and and Reggie might move on after this year whatever you don't know but the thing even if you just take a look at what the Pistons did at this deadline this is what this is what championship teams do and by no means am I saying the Pistons are going to win a championship in the next five years but this is what championship teams do they retool at the deadline you add a few pieces you know you added Thon Maker you added Wayne Ellington cool you did that that's not necessarily a move for the future it's just like a you know, like let let's we we called it a spare tire when it happened. Like let's just let's get the wheels on, and let's roll to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I I think you've got your centerpieces in place. You guys know how I feel about Andre and Blake. I support it, but um, no, I don't see the Pistons tearing it down in the next five years. I don't think they should, but I say that of course, and it it depends on the success that they do have. But I guess overall, if I had to stick to one side, I'd say don't tear it down, stick with it. Uh, I mean, you look at it now, and I, I, like I said, after the deadline, this summer's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, it, for sure. like I, I don't know what the Pistons do. I mean, I would try, like, as all the love I give the Reggie Jets in this last like fifteen games, I still would want to move them. Yeah, like I, I still think there's cheaper. Yeah, if op- you can get something better. No, yeah. it's not even that. Like, I just think there's cheaper options at yeah. the point guard position who like bring the same value as him. Right, but like. By no means at all. He's become like a playable player again in the NBA. He was not playable in the month of January. So I will say that. But I think like as long as Blake's here, as long as that contract's there, you have to make like moves. You have to do something. So I don't think they'll burn it down necessarily in the next two or three years. But once Blake kind of gets up in there in that age, I, I, I could see them eventually trading off like all that. But that's a long way down the road. I think this summer is – uh marking point what they're going to do in the future score update for you 100 to 86 pistons are leading right now yeah, five minutes left in the every court. time i check Langston galloway hits a three Langston, I, 
I do like Langston Galloway. He's at 13 points. Talk about one guy off the bench that I really enjoy. Langston Galloway is my guy. Energizer Bunny. Well, that's it for today, guys. Woo! Let's go watch the Bachelor. That's it for a couple weeks. Yes, we need to go watch the Bachelor. Yes, that that is it for a couple weeks now. As as we mentioned, the top of the hour. Top of the hour. Top of the show. Next time we talk, the Pistons will be in fifth. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. That. I'm pretty sure like the fifth to sixth seed in the East is like by like ten names. It's like really something ridiculous. Wouldn't like. Pistons Celtics be sweet in the first no. round? No, no uh, we nope. we listen. We'd get crushed. I just I'm I just saying for that. the nostalgia of like Pistons nope. Celtics. No, no. You don't think that'd be no. good for basketball? No, no. no. Does anyone care about <laughs> the Pistons Come in the on. National Nine? No, seat? but it's just it, they do if it's if it's against Celtics Bulls. Uh, Lakers. It's I not think. like the palace is going to be rocking like it was like, <laughs> in like okay. the eight, like in okay. '89. I, the it's not I digress. Like, it's not I like, digress. It's not like Larry Bird and like Lambeard are throwing punches at the Silverdome anymore. Yeah. It's like not the Robert same. Robert Parrish. Yeah, like they had some recent history, maybe, but I don't know. I, I them just being in the playoffs is important. Yeah, no. of course. And the, I do not want to play it. the Celtics. I, one, let that. Let one, the record more quick show. Point. Ninety-seven-one. I don't. I think it's Reader who always like. Like hammers his home. I can't stand I'm, that guy. I, I love Rieger. I love Rieger. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I think he's funny, but yeah. at, like, I'm all for tanking. But at this point, I don't understand why people are like, I want this team to lose just so they have like a two percent, two percent chance yeah. of getting get Zion. Zion. Yeah. Like, what know. is that going to do? Like, you're going to end up with the 14th pick yeah, and regretting it. And and then you it's won't better get anyone who's going to help your team. Especially because his draft is not that good. But exactly. that's my last exactly point. That's right. my last point. No, Rieger, that dude drives me up the wall. <laughs> I like Rieger. That's Funny a, guy. Good, good place to end. No, I, yes. Well, I was. it was after the Lions-Panthers uh, game. Did he badmouth the Lions? No, no, oh, no. It was no. after the Lions oh, Rams no. game. After the Lions Rams game. No, he's just he goes on and on the same joke like, oh, I'm gonna I'm telling my three year old daughter, you know, don't be a Lions fan. Oh, Olive? Yeah, Olive is that her name? <laughs> yeah, it is. Anyways, I'm just like, dude, can you give me something else? I don't know. That's it's my opinion. All right, well, we'll get Trent calmed down over there, and uh, <laughs> we'll wrap it up here on today's episode of the Motown Rundown. Again, I'm sorry, folks. We we have to go on spring break here, so we will see you in. Two weeks for Trent Bailey, Ryan Collins. I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Hey, tweet some questions, comments, suggest topics for the show using the hashtag Motown Rundown. Do not miss a single episode. Subscribe on iTunes, Impact, WDBM. Search it up. New episodes every week, except next week. So you got spring break. See you next time, folks. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Motown Rundown, brought to you by Impact 89 FM, WDBM. For all your Michigan State and Detroit sports coverage, visit impact89fm.org sports and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes.